0: this is an mpb think radio podcast to hear previous shows visit mpbonline.org or download the mpb public radio app to listen on your iphone or android phone on demand
1: welcome back this is money talks on mpb think radio kevin farrell here with chris burford credit counselor and educator for clearpoint credit counseling solutions and Nancy lotridge Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College, President of New Perspectives. Today is dedicated to money management for couples. Who handles the finances in your household? Joint or separate bank accounts? What about spousal allowances? And how do you handle things like gift giving? We'll also talk about some of the things that you and your family do to ease the tension and stress of managing your budget each month. We're going to cover all that and look for your personal finance questions as well. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, 672 7464 or send us an email. It's money at org. So good morning. Hope that you both had a good weekend. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we were talking about the uh, heat, uh, you know, the rest of the country now uh, experiencing what we've been experiencing here in Mississippi for, I want to say... Three weeks. I mean, it seems like we've had temperatures in the nineties for. I guess and it's going to get worse today.
2: I think, or, or all this week, it's going to keep building towards one hundred.
1: Yes, I heard uh, ninety nine degrees supposedly the high on Thursday. So, uh, do do all the things to stay uh, stay cool. You know, go, go inside when you can. Uh, always hydrate, drink plenty of water. Make sure when if you're outside, you need to do something. Uh, take proper uh, precautions so that you uh, you don't get uh, sick because it's uh, easy to do out in that heat.
3: You know, I was coming in this morning, I saw uh, on a commercial building, they were putting a new roof on it, and I started thinking, my goodness. Oh, that's a that, tough that's, job that's, in this kind of weather. You know, I was just thinking, please be safe, yeah. you know, be smart, so.
1: Uh, the Orkin man came to do my uh, termite inspection yesterday, and he had to put on, you know, some big overcoat or overhauls and and crawl underneath uh, my uh, my house looking to make sure there were no termites there. So that's uh, certainly not a, a job that I would look forward to in 90-degree heat, that's for sure.
2: Well, I guess he would prefer that to running into, you know, questionable critters and snakes and everything else.
1: He did ask uh, if there were any dogs in the neighborhood because, again, I, I understood. He said he didn't want to get... Uh, under the house, and all of a sudden, some sort of stray dog. Hey, did right you by. hear
2: about? And this was a house in California, where the guy's going to do some work underneath their house, and he comes flying out because there's a cougar under there. Oh my oh god! Really? Pat.
1: I didn't know that. Ooh. Oh wow! Hmm. That's uh, that's uh, <laughs> that would have been interesting. I would. I don't think I would go under the house again for a while after something no. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what about uh, financial news in the news?
2: Well, everybody keeps asking me what I think will happen with the stock market based on the presidential election. And I can say to them, we can go back and look at history, and typically markets do well during an election year. But this is not a typical year, so we're all just holding our breaths and and, and waiting until November. Right, Chris?
1: Yes, ma'am. <laughs> And uh, our producer, Sam Wells, found an article, CNN.com, has some uh, depressing news for millennials. The headline reads, Millennials, brace yourself for some depressing news. It's based on a a study done in New York City. Uh, The city's millennials make about 20% less than the generation before them. That's according to their news uh, report that was released. Uh, It says, the workforce during the greatest economic downturn in living memory, despite attending college at a much higher rate than Gen X, the generation before, have been stuck in low-wage jobs and might never make up that 20% gap report is defining millennials as those born between 1985 and 1996. Uh, later it says that the percentage of young adults working in low-wage industries who have a bachelor's degree grew from 23 to 33 percent between 2000 and 2014, but they're kind of stuck in, uh, in low-wage jobs. A third of high school graduates are underemployed and one in eight young college graduates are underemployed. So uh, they're not only working jobs that don't require co- college degrees they spent, billion, uh, spent years obtaining, but they're also burdened with debt. Well, I think
2: uh, there's a combination of things going on there. First, uh, what I'm hearing from some of these millennials is they're not as focused on this big career, and they are more likely to take a lower-earning job to have the flexibility. uh, You're seeing some of them who work for a short period of time and then take off and go travel for another stretch of time and come back. The other thing I think that's going on is that it's this idea that the college degree, the bachelor's degree, is more like the high school degree. It is expected. So more and more jobs are requiring that. And so that means you have to beef up your education even more.
1: And, again, we talked about student debt. This article says that uh, nationwide total student loan balances held by all borrowers under the age of 30 increased by nearly 10% at an annual rate between 2005 and 2014, reaching $369 billion. So, again, we talked about that. uh, You know, uh, know, um, when you're going into higher education, uh, do some research. uh, Make sure you can uh, get as many sources of uh, helping to pay for it. And, again, we've talked about the idea of, of choosing um, a major that will have some return, uh, so that you can uh, pay off any student loans that uh, that you accumulate. So uh, we're looking uh, today for your personal finance questions. We're also going to be talking about uh, couples and money management, or uh, the family. How does your family manage uh, your monthly budget? You can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven. 672 You can send us an email, money, at org. But we would like to hear, you know, what's the secret uh, in your family to ease the tension and stress of managing your budget each month? Or as I said, any Please, somebody finance. call and tell us. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: yeah,
3: just, the, the budget, that's, that's really, a you know, a dirty word. I mean, it's bad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, more than that, it's just that you've got two people with different ideas of about what's important and how to choose things and uh bringing all their baggage in from how they grew up with money and so it, it gets a little dicey
1: but i guess uh chris and this is something we've talked about on on the show before but the way to do that is to not beat around the bush don't hem and haw but really sit down and kind of face it uh together head on
3: yeah you know it As Nancy said, everybody thinks different, approaches it different. Um, And and if there's only one person involved, it's a lot easier.
2: It is a lot easier. uh, Will you call my husband and tell him that?
3: (laughs) 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 Oh, but you know, it is a lot easier. But when two get involved, they approach money different, they think about it differently. You, You know, it's. You know, not not all, but maybe one's a spender, one's a saver. You know, not all, but um, but again, it, you know, and I was thinking, what you know, I and I'm, I'm I don't want to I don't want to say this is the wrong way, but I think Nancy, you say, look, prioritize what you've got, put it on, you know, get it out of the way, then what's left, you're okay. And um, you know, and I, I, am I correct, kind of what you say, well, Nancy? Well, there in a are way?
2: certain bills that have to be covered, and so everybody needs to understand what needs to to be taken out for rent or mortgage and utilities and groceries. Um, and savings, part of that needs to be assigned. Um, and then after that, you're going to have some flexibility, but you have to have to have some understanding within a couple about, um, what are the decisions that you can each make on your own versus this is a big enough decision that we need to talk to each other about it. And usually people will decide on a certain dollar amount. If it's over a certain amount, then we're going to come back and talk to each other before we actually pull the trigger.
3: Well, that's what, um, in preparation for my my oldest daughter going back to college, there are a few things she felt like she needed. And my wife said, okay, you know, hey, we'll do this. But over and above that, you need to handle it because you did a little work in this summer. And it's your decision. And she evaluated something that she said, I kind of feel like I'll use this or really Won't need, and then after she looked at the price, she said, I don't want that. So it does
2: change when it's your own money uh because she said
3: that's just too much. And my my wife came home, told me about just laughing like everything, (laughs) thought that was the funniest thing.
1: (laughs) Got a caller on the line, so why don't we invite uh Sally calling in from Biloxi this morning? Hello, Sally.
4: Hi, good morning. Uh, we had our second child uh, about to start driving, and of course, the insurance was going to increase. So we needed to find that money somewhere. So I had been talking about cutting cable off for about a year. And I knew it was going to be hard because I love HGTV and all those (laughs) wonderful channels. But we did it and I don't miss it at all. And it saves about $80 a month. Of course, we still love the uh, wireless internet. And, you know, we sit as a family and we'll watch a YouTube video and we'll we'll watch Hulu because Hulu is like $15 a month. So um, I encourage people to try it because it's not as painful as I thought it was going to be.
2: And Sally, we are there with you at my house. We did that within the last six months. It was um, about a three-year gradual approach (laughs) to this to get my husband to give it up because of ESPN. Um, We use Sling TV. And so um, Sling TV is an app that is a subscription service. And it's about $21 a month. Uh, we did add on another $5 because we must have the SEC channel in my house. <laughs> but you can get HGTV and all of those uh, things that you enjoy, History Channel, um, A&E. They're, they're all there as well. And I'm with you. Uh, we are not missing the cable. In fact, we are watching television less. Uh, which is a good thing, and between what we can get over the year, we got a good antenna, um, and uh, these little subscription services, um, it really works. You have to have a good Internet, and so we found a good, reasonable, high-speed Internet, and um, we have saved probably over $100 a month. Yeah. I'll know, have to check out Sling. Thank you so much. Hey,
3: sir. Sally, the, the first two or three weeks after you cut the cable off, how was everybody around the house?
4: uh they complained more uh right before we cut it off um but they they were they were fine we have five people in our home and everybody was um was was pretty good with it
3: it was kind of like you adjust and conquer and just move forward so it, it, it yeah in most in a lot of houses it would be it would be rough
1: ooh <laughs> really bad
2: well, we are watching Love's TV. You are right about that. And that's that. a great thing. That really is.
1: Especially for those of us that are here on the radio. <laughs> hey, Sally, thanks for the call. Good, Some good points. You know, I think she uh, makes a couple of good points. We talked about uh, a lot of times when you're making a change like that, it, it's sort of you anticipate the kind of the fear, and it it ends up not being as bad as you thought it would. And, again, uh, even if you go through some withdrawals, you miss whatever show you like to watch. I think after a while we all adapt and you find other things to do. In Sally's case, they said, uh, you know, Hulu and some other alternatives, and it it actually brought the family together uh, to watch those sorts of things. So, uh, you know, it's just taking that first step uh, is sometimes difficult, but I think uh, if you'll do that, a lot of times you'll see that – the rewards were certainly worth uh, worth doing it.
2: And I think what you have to do, what she did, uh, here they are facing an extra expense that they're going to have to deal with. Go back and look at your budget. And you should. I mean, you should be, for me, it's like a game. How do I look at my expenditures and find a way of cutting them? Whether there's something that I really thought I needed but I don't need Or I have something that I'm paying for that I can find a lower cost alternative to, and so once you do that, then you can most of the time find those extra dollars to afford something you really need or want.
3: Well, and and just I've been probably going starting about two months ago projecting a senior and to a freshman in college, and then a junior in college, and projected cost and budgeting their needs on a monthly basis, excluding school. <clears throat> excuse me sorry paid for um but that's making that's gonna like I said, my wife and I've been talking a little bit uh, but as we progress along about evaluating different categories and saying does this make sense you know food will cut back I've already kind of said okay with two kids out of the house what's food cost going to be yes to it's a lot
2: less and, it and is. again
3: and, and, it, and that's okay and I know and again I go I'm okay without having to eat in a way you know I mean eat but I don't have to have a a lot of food
1: at the house. So uh, so again, it's an adjustment. You're going to get healthier. Is that that, is? That's correct. Here we go. <laughs> uh, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue talking about uh, couples and money management, families and money management. Uh, also, we're looking for your personal finance questions. And the question we're asking you today is, what are some of the things that you and your family have done to ease the tension and stress of managing your budget each month? You can give us a call today at one mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 You can also email the show. It's money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more Money Talks after this. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions. And Nancy Lotridge Anderson is associate professor of finance at Mississippi College and president of New Perspectives. We're talking about couples and families and the way you manage your monthly budget each month. Uh, also, we're asking the question, what are some of the things that you and your family do to ease the tension and stress of managing that budget each month? So give us a call with your personal finance questions, or if you'd like to weigh in on our topic this morning. The number is one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. You know, Chris, I think you said something before the break that I think is important when we talk about management money, and it's a monthly, it's a month-by-month month, uh, situation, but it's also important, as you said, to sort of continue to look ahead. Uh, you were talking about your daughters going back to college, and you and your wife were trying to figure out maybe kind of both the the negatives and positives of how that would affect your budget. But it's also, it's sort of a here-and-now kind of thing, but it's also looking out, uh, you know, six months, a year into the future. Yeah, I mean, you know, one in things are kind of at, at the house,
3: things are kind of slow down a little bit in activities, but also less going places. Uh, maybe less cost. And Nancy said, you know, food definitely. But other, other on the other side of flip coin is, you know, you're going to be sending more money to, to school, and um, you know, and figuring out what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. Um, uh, I, I, and it's reality It's coming. It's not going to just you know, and you don't want to wake wake up one day and go. Well, I we hadn't even thought about this, and then both of them in school and going, okay, let's figure this thing out now. So, uh, and it's not perfect. Things come up, my, you know, just like <clears throat> the lady was talking about. earlier, insurance costs gonna go up. We're probably looking at getting my daughter a, a, a little bit newer car. She's got an older car. This uh, car it was because worth, you
2: want her to be safe on the road, correct? Right.
3: And and so local is served, is is done great, uh, but we'll upgrade. But I know it's gonna cost and um, so that will that expense will go up on insurance so you know and thinking down the road what could come at us what's expected um, uh, and it's not perfect uh, you know month to month does change um, you know uh, now that it's good, what about football tickets if you want to go to football games you know and um, it's not an expensive uh, event now I mean not, it's not inexpensive now it's a pretty expensive event but you know what just what makes sense and where do you put your well, energy? And, and Chris,
2: so. you're at the spot that a lot of people find themselves with um, children in college. And what you don't realize until you're there is you're really maintaining two households. And if you've got a third one coming along, you're maintaining three households. Yes, it's pretty scary, <laughs> isn't it? And And so you have that duplication, which really is a drag on the budget and those college students can certainly live cheaper than we can at home but still you've got to make sure that they have a place to stay food to eat as well as cover tuition and books and fees
3: you know and you're in, just in our situation everybody's got a everybody's situation different but you know a freshman and potential pro you know freshman and a junior in college um, so though during those four or five or six years of, of education let's say it like that uh, you know we'll still live and do things it just we will probably pick and choose and be you know i'm going to say be a little bit wiser about things especially dealing with money you
1: know but
2: trust me when they get out and gone you're gonna feel like you have so much money
3: right (laughs) i hope so
1: (laughs) got another caller on the line so let's say good morning to jose good morning jose go ahead
3: good morning
5: yes i have a comment about what i feel uh would be a good way to to family planning budgeting. Uh, I have a girlfriend where we have step stepchildren. Uh, what's been working for us so far is prioritizing and, oh, my gosh, every that I would say would be good there is communicating. And the last one would be teamwork uh, because if you don't have one without the other, it's like a domino effect. It affects everybody. That's what I feel would help and help us because between the stepchildren uh, high school, and then the college and driving, it's very
2: tough. Well, it really is tough when you're talking about a blended family because then you have one who is, you know, it's very easy to spend on that child that's your biological child while the other one's going, wait a minute, why are you spending that money there? And so you do have to be talking to each other. I will say what we have found in my household too is even when we talk to each other, We come away with different impressions. It's like, well, I thought you said, no, I thought you said. So we are to the point of on those important things, let's don't just talk about it, but let's then write it down. And now we have a game plan, and everybody is on the same page.
1: All right, Jose, thanks for calling in this morning. You know, it's a great uh, three key words he used there. He talked about prioritizing. Uh, We've talked about that. Communication, certainly that's important. But also, I, I like the fact that he was saying it's teamwork. And again, that's something uh, when you enter into a marriage with a spouse, it's something that you both have agreed to uh, live your life together. So that's important that you kind of consider yourselves to be on the same team and, and kind of work uh, for common goals in there. So uh, great call, Jose. Thanks for that. Uh, we've got some open phone lines if you'd like to weigh in this morning, if you have a personal finance question that we might could help you with, or if you want to comment on our topic today about managing money in a couple's or in a family. The number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can send us an email, money at mpbonline.org. I was going to say, Kevin, Chris brought up uh, football tickets at our house. Uh, we we go through every every little expense tooth and nail now, but football tickets. It's like, oh, we owe this much for the Ole Miss tickets, and we owe this much for the state tickets. There's no questions asked. The ticket, the check is written. Well, that's what's not important a question, to you. Yeah, no questions whatsoever.
3: It's not like, are we going to do this? Should we not do? This? Nope. It just goes right in. <laughs> just goes right out of the account, no matter what.
1: That is prioritizing. So, that's for I sure. I mean, there's not even a discussion. It's hilarious. It's it's pretty funny for for me anyway.
3: Well, you know, and a lot of times in a family unit, one's more comfortable dealing with money than the other one. Uh, I, I wish somebody, I wish uh, have a somebody call in and, and both of them say we're in our household we're both accountants, and I'd say I'd love to hear the conversation or what's talked about because uh, I don't come across it that much out there. But usually, one's more comfortable dealing with dollars and cents than the other one, and and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, in communication, it might be okay we're talking about things, but I know you're going to kind of take care of this or take care of that and that's not a problem
1: yeah i mean i think that's uh, true is that one of sort of one person be the instigator or the handler of it as long as as we talked about that it's all discussed and that the the other person who's maybe not as good with figures you keep them in the loop and make sure that they understand uh, where things are going and and, and how you're setting up uh, your priority and your budget each month what about the idea of joint or separate accounts uh, any thoughts there
2: I think it's whatever works. Um and for some couples it's really important to keep things separate. Um that uh that they they each want to feel like I have some control and I can make some decisions on my own. Um then it's a matter of deciding, well, okay, if you're going to keep things separate, are you going to have then a joint account where money flows into to cover household bills? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to decide who covers which bills? So I see both of those. Um, we started out because we were, uh, Ken and I were older when we married, and we started with separate, and it became so complicated, and we got comfortable with each other that we just went to joint, uh, making it a little bit easier. But when you do joint, you've got to give each other some grace about, um You know, some of those expenditures where you feel like, you know, if I'm working, I want to be able to to buy something. And, again, uh, putting a, a dollar limit on some of those decisions will help with some of that.
1: And as you said earlier, it's the idea of if it's up to X dollar, go ahead. If it's more than that, hey, we need to talk first. Right. Uh, and I think that's something that I think is a good point that you made there, Nancy, and the idea is well, this is true of all financial decisions. Don't think that once you make a decision, that's set in stone, done, we've decided that forever. Uh, always reevaluate, and as you said, uh, maybe uh, separate accounts were the way to go at first, but then later in the, your situation's change, that you might want to do a joint account or maybe uh, possible that uh, to do both, have a joint account for uh, maybe some of the expenses but also have a separate account that uh, that you might could use. Well, and,
2: and I... You know, I feel like a, there are a lot of people who want to feel like they have a little pocket of money that they can make some choices on you know that they don't have to go ask somebody or somebody's looking over my shoulder and and uh, watching what I'm doing
3: there. yeah I wouldn't think on an objective of of you know a lot of not a lot of people, but there's some people that just want to control every penny and I want, and that might be their personality They're
2: called engineers. <laughs> But, oh no, we're going to get phone calls uh, on that one. But
3: uh, but again, you can run yourself ragged doing that. You really can. I mean, if well, you know, if 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 I my, I get tickled, my you know, I'm going back years ago, you know if you had aluminum foil you put it on a casserole if you mess up the aluminum foil back my grandmother's day you reuse the aluminum foil <laughs> you know what i'm saying right. you wrap you wrap up some biscuits and put it in there well and you while, wash
2: out those ziploc bags
3: that's right and, and i'll my, i'll say that once in a while my, you know i need it you know, my, oh no no you, you know my grandmother's first name was emma and she said no you're not gonna em it you know back <laughs> off so you know okay we're not talking about to that point in this this time but you know it's again it's um uh, yeah, there are a few out there that do that, but again don't you can't run yourself ragged just watching every single penny and stressing out every day and spend an hour on this you'll it's just not healthy
1: in my opinion. We need to take another quick break when we get back we're going to continue talking about managing money for couples and families and also looking for your personal finance questions. The phone lines are open, so if you have a question or a comment, you can call in at one eight seven seven m p b ring it's one eight seven seven Six seven two seven four six four. Send us an email, money at org. The question we're asking you this morning, what are some of the things that you and your family do to ease the tension and stress of managing that monthly budget? We'll be back with more Money Talks after this. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford and Nancy Lotridge-Anderson. We're looking for any personal finance questions that you might have for us this morning, but also we are talking today about money management for couples and families. If you'd like to join in, have some comments about how your family handles the monthly budget, uh, give us a call at one MPB Ring. It's one 672 7464 Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. That's the topic for today, but if you have a personal finance question that's off-topic, we'd be certainly glad to help with whatever assistance we can give you. So we've got some calls on the line. We start again in uh, Gulfport. Rita has called in today. Good morning, Rita. Good morning. What do you have for us?
6: Hi, I'm sorry. Uh, I'd like to say how much I enjoy the programming on MPB. I I listen to it every day when I'm at work. Great, thank you. And um, I'd like to say, my husband and I have been together about 12 years, and... I'm very frugal, and he is not very frugal, and when we first got together, um, we have a joint checking account, and we each have our own checking account that's separate, but I encouraged him to open a savings account that he cannot access with an ATM card. He has to go into the bank to access that money, and I found that really helped him to save money, so (laughs) I just
4: wanted to put that there.
2: Well, I I think that's a good idea. I'm always a uh proponent of having some mechanism to get money out of your hands and to make it a little bit more difficult to get it back. So, yeah, I think that's a good choice.
1: All right, uh, Rita, thanks for the call. That's uh, you know, and uh, kudos uh for your husband there, you know, that's that's, that's an idea of working together that uh, after 12 years, uh, Rita has convinced him uh, that it's a, uh, you know, the the spending is important and so uh i agree though that's uh when i put my uh, opened up my savings account at the credit union uh i purposely chose a credit union that was a little bit sort of out of my way and not in my kind of general area for that very reason is that you know the temptation therefore is removed and and you really do have to make an effort to get it and so it it gives you time to say well is this really some important thing that i'm going here to get the money for and a lot of times you're like nah you know, I, I can do without that. So. You know,
3: as consumers, you, you do like to see that you're successful with your money and like and it's, you know, putting things in place, that, that, and, and that, they put that together where they didn't have any, you know, instant access, had to actually get out of a car, walk in physically, and fill out a form. Uh, it makes you think a little bit further, and it works for them. And, you know, some people say, well, why would you, you know, bottom line, if it works for you, you stick with it, and that's what you need to do.
1: Let's head back to the phone lines. Off to Memphis we go as we say good morning to Joe. Hello, Joe.
3: Good morning. I'm enjoying your program.
1: Thank you. Go ahead.
5: I got a question for you. Uh, My wife and I have been having joint accounts, and also she's opened up her private account, and everything's working great for our financial situation. And we've been married now for 43 years, and things gone great. But when we started raising our children, when they started making money, we opened up a checking account for them. That they could be on and they could sign. the course, my wife and I were also co-signers on the on it, and we always had to work with our children before they took any money out or buy anything. And um, I think it's worked out really great that we trained them really early on uh, how to manage their own checking accounts. Now they're grown and married; they're doing really well. But I just want to hear what your advice was. Have you heard any experience on giving children a credit a, a checking account?
2: Well, I think that can work um, as long as they are in the earnings mode. So that usually happens around high school. Uh, They may have a part-time job or summer job. And so now they have some money if you can get them to start that practice of depositing that and looking at where their expenditures go and then teaching them that, that this is theirs to make choices about, But there are limits to that. And what you did was perfect by having your names on those accounts. Then you could monitor at some point, though. Now, this is what I see oftentimes, that those children will now, they're in college. And even after they graduate, I still see parents hanging over their shoulders on those accounts and so somewhere in college when you hit that junior or senior year that's when you need to back off because now they are going to be legal adults if if their ages work out and let them make those choices on their own and if you've done it right and it sounds like you have they will be fine
5: great and what advice would you give back to giving children a credit
2: card well i think that needs to also come a little bit later usually late high school um, into college especially if they're going to be on the road. Something could happen if they're driving uh, to an away school. They need something. Now, there needs to be a limit on that credit card, and there needs to be some understanding about what's okay to put on it and what's not okay to put on it. And um, and you can't just say emergency because, you know, you're going to have maybe a, a 19-year-old go- girl who said it was an emergency to buy that purse um, but um, you can monitor that as a parent by looking at those statements and having a limit that's a lower limit that's going to cover them and protect them but not let them go crazy
1: all right Joe thanks for the call you know I think it's also important though in that situation to have a conversation and say hey while you thought that buying that purse was an emergency situation that's not necessarily what we meant but that would could certainly be a teaching moment and you know, to think about uh, what what really is an emergency, what really is a need versus a, a wand.
2: And what we're seeing with a lot of these younger people is they don't really use a credit card per se. They're using a debit card. And that debit card can function like a credit card. But that also um, puts a limit on what they can spend. And it's just based on what's in that account.
3: You know, I think you know, with with the um resources or, or excuse me, the benefits of uh what's at financial institutions like with my oldest one, if if money gets to a certain point it it alerts her and says, Hey, you're at this balance and um uh which, you know I don't I haven't I don't know until I get a call or something <laughs> in a way. But um uh, but both my kids have checking accounts. Uh, you know, there are things in place that you know, if if, if I got to call at three o'clock in the morning, the way we got to set up, I can move money instantaneously, and it's available. Um, and
2: that does help. Now, what we're also hearing is that uh, grown children with elderly parents, uh, there are now ways for you to get alerts if they are spending over a certain amount. Because if you have an older parent who's having some memory issues, some confusion, they can easily double pay on bills or get taken advantage of.
1: Uh, we mentioned uh, um, savings accounts, uh, credit unions, and that sort of thing. And, and obviously the, the primary reason for that is, is savings. But uh, can you look for uh, interest rates? And if, if you do, what, what are some of the things What are maybe a good interest rate on, on a savings account?
2: Well, right now, it's going to be very low. Um, I usually tell people to go look at bankrate.com, and you can do a search around the country. Um, Credit unions often, if you have a local credit union through your employer typically, they usually pay pretty well. If you're going to get half a percent on a savings account or money market up to 1%, you're doing great. Don't expect more than that. What I see is that a lot of people will leave a lot of money in a checking account that does not pay any interest, or maybe it only pays 0.01 percent. And that's silly. You need to only keep enough in that checking account to cover your basic expenses and avoid any kind of banking fees, and beyond that, move that on over. Don't worry about low rates or low yields on those money market or savings accounts. We're going to live with that for a while. You still need to keep your money flexible. And as those rates start to go up, some of those, um, particularly the online banks, are a little bit more responsive in raising their rates than our local banks.
1: And also in in some cases, if you had a checking and a savings account at the same financial institution, you could have it to where... Uh, put that money in the savings account where it earns that little bit of interest, and then if need be, you can certainly transfer from one account well, to the Well, if you
2: other. have an online bank, uh, which is your savings account, which is what I do, and then I have my checking account at a local institution, then I can do the same thing, Kevin. Uh, it doesn't have to be at the same place. And so I'm shopping for what's the best rate and best service for me. And that's what's so great now. I mean, you don't have to have a building on the corner to bank any longer. And even with the ATMs, a lot of these online banks offer free um, ATM usage. Uh, They'll give you maps of what ATMs are approved so you can avoid that.
1: Got to call in before our next break, so we will go this time to Daphne, Alabama. Lynn has called in today. Good morning, Lynn.
2: Oh, hi. Hi. Well,
4: I, I we wanted to refinance our mortgage since the rate has dropped such a low <laughs> amount, um, and we we were look, we were thinking of looking into the online uh, companies because they're advertising so much, and I wondered if they're safe and how do you know what the best deal is and if you have had any experience with an online mortgage.
2: Um, well, you can certainly do that. I, I think you need to make sure that they are an approved financial institution. Again, uh, you can go to bankrate.com. And so if you're looking for a mortgage, what you're going to do is the rate that gets quoted is going to be specific to the type of mortgage, whether it's, oh, I'm buying a brand new house or I'm refinancing an existing house or I'm refinancing an existing house and taking some money out. That's called a cash out. And it's going to be specific to your location. So you're going to put in where you live and how much you're looking for. And they will give you a list of those lenders. And then you can start calling my caution is, as you check with the lenders, ask for something called the APR, and that is the interest rate that you're charged with all of their fees rolled into it. Because sometimes you can get fooled by, oh, look at that very low rate, and then as you start going along, you see they're making it up by charging a bunch of front-end fees. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really matter, because even if you deal with your local bank or a local lender, you know they're not going to hold on to your loan. They're going to sell it off. So, again, you're just looking for the best rate you can get. Okay. Um, have there been any scandals involving online online mortgages? Um, I, I don't know of any off the top of my head. Um, I would be suspicious of anyone who's reaching out to me. Uh, instead, I think if you go to an approved site and you start doing some searching on your own and then you come to that conclusion, you're probably fine. All right. Great.
3: Lynn, thanks yeah, for your and call. I will suggest, you know, make sure you go by and see a local representative if you look online, but also get a second, you know, somebody else second review of it and offer what, you know, what they can offer. And they can, they can share the cost and the fees, and they have an answer to the APR on it. Um, you know, just do that and make a comparison. It, it could end up being that the fees are less or a little bit more, but after all said and done, your payments could be $6 less, you know, or $6 more. So you got to kind of look at that.
1: We need to take one final break this hour. We are on Money Talks this morning looking for any personal finance questions that you have while we also talk about money management for couples and families. The phone lines are open and the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Back to wrap up the program after this short break.
0: More than two centuries ago, the first American president took office. And next year, the
3: 45th will take office. Follow history in the making. Right here on this station. Listen every day.
0: Weekdays at 4 on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on
1: your iPhone
0: or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions, and Nancy Lotridge-Anderson is associate professor of finance at Mississippi College and president of New Perspectives. We've been talking about managing money for couples and families today and also taking some personal finance questions. Uh, we have got a caller on the line, so we go to in as we say good morning to Mike. Hello, Mike, go ahead.
4: Hi, uh, uh, good
6: morning.
3: Hey, you mentioned the low interest rates on checking accounts. I just want to let you know, Keiser Federal Credit Union down the coast offers a checking account at one point four percent annual.
4: So.
2: Oh, that's uh, I, great. Are there yeah. certain qualifications to uh, be a member of the credit union?
3: It's whatever the the credit union membership rules are, but it's I know it's fairly it's not it's not too restrictive. So, but yeah, I get dividends every every month for one point four percent APR. It's great.
2: And do they uh, limit your balance?
3: No, there's no balance limit that I've seen on it.
2: Well, we need to get that phone number. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: the only thing that you have to do is just, you know, one, you use online and uh, do, use an ATM each month and uh, one online bill pay each month, and then that that keeps your credit account or your uh, checking mm-hmm. account going.
2: Well, and and most people do that these days. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem.
3: Yeah. yeah and that's All right, what Mike, you... uh, thanks for the call. Good, good thought there. There's certain, there's certain criteria you've got to follow to maintain, you know, without having a fee or maintain an right. APY, you know, and that's where the consumer get creative. What do you do? What do you, what's your, what's your daily habits, monthly habits. And if you can figure that out go to some financial institutions, credit union banks and put it together and um, you, it can work for you.
1: And I think there are some uh, credit unions here in, in the central Mississippi area that have a similar uh, type of program. Again, there's some uh, minimum requirements, as he said, you know, uh, one, one, ATM a month, uh, bill pay a month. But as as you said, Nancy, a lot of us do that already. So uh, certainly something uh, worth checking into. Um, so as we're talking about uh, money management, couple management with the family or whatever, what about a couple that maybe where one um, spouse earns a lot more money than the other? What are some uh, ways to maybe navigate that potentially sticky situation?
2: Well, I, I think that's pretty common in a couple. Um, and um, I you know, for various reasons, whether it's, you know, child taking care of children and backing off or, or bouncing back and forth with things. Um, I, I think it's important that whoever is making the most does not use that um, as, as basically a hammer on the other person, that, that there's still this sense of we're in this together, it's a partnership, and what can we do? Um, I often will see it really is the other way that the one who is making less has a tendency to not speak up as much and, and, and not voice his or her opinion and say, well, you know, I don't make as much, and so I can't say anything. You shouldn't do that. It should still be this is what we have together wherever it comes from, and this is going to help us reach our goals, and here are our goals, and um, each one should be responsible then.
3: You know, again, I think I've shared before, I was doing a seminar, a couple talked about a person brought up well, we're married, I make more money than he or she, and um, bottom line, I get to spend more, and I said, well, you That's know. It's Yeah, and I said, you know, let's flip the coin, what if your your spouse all of a sudden got a raise, and it was basically, we end up being that they had twice as much after left over to spend than you, would that be okay, and they Kind of held that against you, and and this person said no. So, I, so it's back to the you know I guess we're all we're all one person. We're all under one roof, and and it's it's not about me, me. Flip them upside down, and you
1: got we. It needs to be we. So, <laughs> That's, I like that. That's very good. You know, we've talked a lot about an emergency fund, uh, and so um, what what would you say maybe um, establishing one, and then what is your goal for an emergency fund in terms of when you would feel comfortable with how much you have in there?
2: Well, I think it, first of all, depends on how secure your income is. And so if you have a really secure job, you don't need quite as much. Everybody needs some sort of an emergency fund. But maybe you don't need as much as somebody, let's say, who's a real estate agent and you know you have um, three months of feast and then nine months of famine. Um, you will hear four to six months of income again that is for somebody who has more questionable income that varies a lot if you're younger again you're gonna start with something smaller so I will tell people work up to a thousand dollars as you start to get older, your emergencies are probably going to be bigger and require more money. So now you need to be in the 5000 range, up to the 10000 range. And when you're much, much older, let's say you're in your 70s, you may need to keep somewhere in the $25,000 to $50,000 range because a big health event could drain that in a hurry.
1: Let's get one final call in before the end of the hour, and it goes to Mary in Jackson. Hello, Mary.
2: Mr. Bertford, This is Mary
6: Oxyton. I'm calling um, because uh, I work for Hope Credit Union, and I know you all were talking about credit unions and rates, and um, my husband and I just recently got married a year ago, and we've been learning how to manage our accounts together, and something that's been really helpful has been um, Hope Credit Union's tool. It's called a personal finance manager, and it's something that they've just gotten, and it helps us set our budget and set our spending goals and um, makes it a lot less stressful for us um, as we're managing our two incomes together. And in addition to that, HOPE provides a 3% um, checking account rate. So we have been able to save and earn money on on that product, which is really unique um, to most credit unions or banks in our region. Um, it's and at 3% savings on our credit on our, on our our checking account.
2: And Mary, why don't you tell us a little bit about what HOPE Credit Union is? I, I think you guys have a specific mission, do you not?
6: Yes, we do. HOPE is a low-income designated credit union. We're a community development financial institution. And so our mission is to serve low-income and um, low-income families throughout the Mid-South. And we started here in Jackson and now we've expanded to over 30,000 members and 27 locations throughout the Mid-South. And so our goal and mission is to um, provide high-quality financial products and services to families who may have been left out of mainstream financing um, prior to that. So we do have a mission. We're mission-oriented, which is something that my husband and I really appreciate about that we can have a financial institution that aligns with our values and mission and does great work for our community but also provides us Um, great
2: products like the
3: personal finance manager and that 3% checking account. That's a win-win. Thanks for calling in. Great. That's
1: great. All right, Mary, good call to end the hour. This is Money Talks, and it's a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you ever need to hear today's show or a previous show, you can find it at mpbonline.org slash moneytalks. Our show was produced by Sam Wells, and our call screener today was Jonas Adams. So for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Chris Burford, I'm Kevin Farrell. Inviting you to stay tuned because up next it's In Legal Terms. That's followed at 11 by Relatively Speaking. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks right here on MPB Think Radio.